0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of We The Fans. I am Joe Hunk. You can join me every single Monday here at noon central time. ...across all of our KCPN networks as we're getting everything set up and ready to go here on uh, this Monday, a very unique Monday. Honestly, it really kind of depends on what part of the state that you are from, if it was a good day or not in in the state of Alabama, or, or it depends if you're in the state of Georgia, which like your whole weekend sucked, except for the Falcons winning, which is actually kind of cool. Good job. Good for them. We applaud you for that. And but Georgia lost the Braves lost. It was it was a bad weekend across the SEC that way. We had games that didn't even take place like you had Florida and LSU, which was supposed to be like one of the biggest games of the weekend. And that game doesn't even happen. You also had Missouri and Vanderbilt get postponed. Guess what? It was the exact same reason that they got postponed as the reason why LSU and Florida got postponed. And that was because of COVID. But it's Monday. If you are watching in Missouri or the city of Kansas City, it is a Red Monday. I know we call it Red Friday. But Chiefs play at 4 o'clock today. And so I'm rocking my, my Patrick Mahomes uh, shirt that you can get from Dad Bod Tees. In fact, if you go there to Dad Bod Tees, you can get your entire order there uh, just by simply putting KCP in as that promo code. You can get a good bit of that off, just letting you know um, as we're getting going on this Monday. So we appreciate you hopping in on that. And it really depends on where you want to start. Do you want to start where? The Georgia Bulldogs blew once again, yet another halftime lead. Or do you want to go where you had Jared Garantano from the Tennessee Volunteers that just absolutely sucked? Okay, he sucked. All right, or, or you could go to South Carolina and Columbia and you can see the fact that Auburn sucks again as well and we'll talk about that as we continue throughout the show today now obviously over here if you look to that way yes if you look that way you see that chat screen it's that black box right there feel free hop in chat say whatever you want to whatever games that you have look if you want to talk about what sec players are doing in the nfl major league baseball wherever it is Obviously, feel to feel great or feel free to between Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. Which, if you're an SEC guy, and I know Ryan Tannehill never actually played in the SEC, but he played at Texas A&M. Do we count him as an SEC guy or not? Like, I, I didn't know because he was like basically Texas A&M's last quarterback before they moved into the SEC from the Big Twelve, and he showed out yesterday. Justin Jefferson. For the Minnesota Vikings, he showed out yesterday. So if you want to talk about that and, of course, the World Series that's happening tomorrow between the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers, there are a lot of SEC players that are playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. Look, there may be some for the Dodgers, but I personally hate the Dodgers with a passion, mainly because I'm a Braves fan. And so... With some personal connections that I have to the Tampa Bay Rays, I kind of want the Tampa Bay Rays to do well. So it doesn't matter if it's Hunter Renfro, not that one, the one that plays baseball. If it's Hunter Renfro, is it Mike Zanino, uh, Fairbanks, all of those guys are all SEC. Why does Suri do that? I don't know. Does, is anybody watching? Can you answer me on that? Because I never say her name, yet she continues to want to talk to me on my phone before it takes place and when it happens. It's kind of annoying. So if you hear a, vo- a lady's voice, it's my watch, and I apologize for that. Um, it's actually my son's favorite thing to do is to sit there and to play with my watch during it. as we And before we get going on any of these games uh, today... I have to say, uh, I've said it all over you know, social media and everything, but a happy birthday to my son. He turned two years old on the 15th, which was last Wednesday. Obviously, I didn't get to say it on, on our uh, first stream that we did. We had his birthday on Saturday, okay? Do you realize how difficult it is to try and host a birthday party for a two-year-old watch the SEC play by the way the game was at three o'clock Corey I know you just hopped on here what happened around three o'clock Auburn lost to South Carolina to be in a good mood after Auburn loses to be in a good mood after Tennessee loses and the Braves had first pitch at 329 and to try to watch that and do the birthday party all at the same at the same time that is is a difficult weekend I don't care who you are and I understand that it is my fault that our son is joined it was born in the middle of October and I understand that anytime anything happens in October in September and November it's just a bad time okay December sucks because if you're celebrating an anniversary, why? But if you're celebrating an anniversary or a child's birth, I feel sorry for the child because that you do that whole, even if it's a stupid joke. Do you know how many stupid jokes we have? Oh, well, I guess. I guess that we've got to uh, combine your birthday and Christmas. No, we don't, Gene. No. What we do is you give me a birthday present and then you go back and you get me a Christmas present because it's not my fault. I would came into this world in December. It's yours. Okay, dad. So I take blame for this. All right. It's my fault that my child was born in October 15th. Okay. But yeah, already he's already two years old. Corey says already. Yes. He's already, Corey, who's been listening and and being and him and I have been friends for over four or five years, he has known my son since before he was born, and he has already seen him grow up. Yeah, two years old, and he already has an attitude, and it's really annoying. And the thing is, is he can't verbally say it. But he can do like kicking and screaming and he can do this and touch things and point. So, yeah, he's got an attitude, but he can't speak really well just yet. He can say yes, he can say no, he can say cc for our dog, but that's all, okay? So we're learning, getting, we're teaching him things on here. And you know what's really bad about this is it's days like yesterday and days like Saturday where I have to really, and I mean really, censor myself and what i'm saying which i don't cuss i don't so for me to actually throw out a cuss word it's got to be a big deal okay i gotta be really angry i dropped two f-bombs last night just because of the home runs that the atlanta braves gave up to tie the game and to give the dodgers a lead yeah i was pissed kiki hernandez yes i was pissed cody bellinger Although your walk off was really sweet. It it would have been really awesome if it wasn't against anybody but the Atlanta Braves. Okay? So but all of that takes place and I'm already angry and I'm having to kind of censor myself around my child, which at the exact same time is exactly what I was doing on Saturday. The problem is, and I guess we're gonna go ahead and hop in with, with watching with, with the fact that, that the Auburn and South Carolina game is the big upset. If you watched that game, if you paid attention to the numbers and the stats and everything going into that game, it wasn't an upset, okay? AP rankings in the first month of any football season are stupid. They don't count for anything. We shouldn't treat them as law and put them beside a team's name because 15 to however many people that voted the AP – have actually been the ones that have had to sit there and put the top 25 teams in the country without actually seeing 17 of the of the 25. They're stupid, okay? And they don't matter. Auburn should have never been put into the top 25 but because they have a cool name and they're in the SEC they're going to put them in the top 25 because everybody just believes well if they're Auburn they're in the SEC they're going to be at least one of the top 25 teams in the country no that's not the case it just isn't their offensive line sucks I'm going to say it once again their offensive line sucks so bad. It's horrible. Okay, Bo Nix. I'm shocked that he ever catches a snap. I really am. He's sitting back there and he's shotgun. He's like this and that. And hey, coach, what you want me to do? Okay, cool. All right, daddy will make you proud. And they, they 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 he snaps the football. And before the ball like even gets to him, he's having to run for his life. Like he's absolutely having to run for his life. And even, even when he's not having to run for his life, he's got PTSD from his offensive lineman that can't hold a block whatsoever. And he already starts running for his life. Like he, you ever watch Ichiro hit in Major League Baseball? Where he'll do like that drag bunt and he's already running softballs made this extremely popular if you're a left-handed batter And you play softball like I don't even know why you really ever try to hit the baseball All you gotta do is just try to do that little running bunt thing and it works all the time That is what Bo Nix does In the pocket is he's trying to catch the football as he's running because he's so terrified That they can't hold the block watch that game back and yes, he's not perfect. Okay, when he does actually get a pass off, he will sit there and he'll throw the ball at his receiver's feet or he'll throw the ball way above their heads. I'm really glad. I should have like a, 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 a an entire body cam for this because I'm going to get very animated on this stream. But like he's not perfect. No, he doesn't know. What what it what what happens when you try to like actually throw to a receiver in stride? Like you can even watch it. There's some times where he would throw a pass and the receiver would like have to fall down to catch it. And if you hit him in stride, he's getting like five or six more yards. Like that's the difference between a first down and the difference between getting it back to third and four. Which by the way, going into that game on Saturday. Auburn was one of the worst teams in the SEC on third and short. Not third downs in general. Not third and longs. Third and short. Third and short, if you don't know, is third and three yards or less. You're trying to tell me that you can't get nine feet? Are you? Is that really what you're trying? You can't get six feet. Okay? Lay me down, okay? I'm about two inches shorter than six feet. You're telling me that you are an offense that plays in the SEC. You cannot get six feet. You can't get Joe Hunk. You Are you seriously telling me that? You're one of the worst teams in the SEC at doing that. How? How is that possible? Yorkie, thank you. It's called a slap bunt. That's exactly what it's called. Ichiro, he was like the king of that in baseball. That's what Bo Nix is doing. You ever see the Will Smith video where he's like, falls down? That's what Bo Nix is doing. He is 100% just going, I've got to get out of this pocket. I can't. It's a horrible pocket. The pocket breaks down, and he tries to run up, and there's a South Carolina linebacker that wants to meet him. Or he runs up, and he can't throw on the run because he wants to hit his receiver's feet. Just because Anthony Schwartz has quick feet does not mean that you need to throw it at his quick feet. You throw it at his hands so that he can use his quick feet. Why Auburn was ever ranked in the first place is shocker to me. Skill position players, they're good. Tank Bigsby, he's good. He's really good. He's a freshman All-American behind that offensive line. Just think if he had a good one. Like, really. We always want to nickname schools. Running back you. Kicker you. Auburn's kicker you, by the way. Linebacker you. Penn State. Wide receiver, you, Tennessee. Like, we want to name them all that. LSU is CBU for cornerback. Alabama's like everything you. Like, okay, everything now just goes to the NFL. Their water boy, you, over there. He's better than everybody else. I can get that water right in your mouth. Got a better accuracy percentage than than Mac Jones, and Mac Jones has a great one. That's how good Alabama is. Their water boys are NFL caliber. But... You can't do anything with your skill players when your quarterback is throwing to the the feet of your receivers, when your offensive line can't block, and your defense. Oh, your defense. This great – Kevin Steele is an amazing defensive coordinator, okay? He really, really is. Remember that six feet that I talked to you about? Like if you lay me down, the six feet – are what you need to get a you know first down on third and short. Okay, I want you to imagine this with me. It's first and 10, okay? It's first and 10. Your quarterback, Colin Hill, let's just use Colin Hill for example. Colin Hill drops back, hands the football off to the running back. Do you know that South Carolina will get about two and a half yards before they're even met by any sort of defender whatsoever? Think about that. You're getting two and a half yards before you're even touched, even touched by a defender. I'm not talking about you know yards after contact. I'm talking about you're getting almost three yards a carry before you are even touched. Go back to the Georgia game. Honestly, if you're an Auburn fan, don't. But if you're anybody else and you want to see what I'm talking about, go back to the Auburn game against Georgia and watch – How many yards Zamir had before the time he caught the football and the time that he actually gets touched by the Auburn defenders? It is amazing. It's like three or four yards before contact. Before contact, not before you're taken to the ground, before the first guy hits you. I'm the only one in the building today, so I can be louder. Okay, that it's three to four yards before that even happens. How are you ever going to stop anybody if you do that? I knew that Auburn would struggle if they score if they couldn't score twenty five. I didn't realize that South Carolina was going to play that well against Auburn. Auburn was going to look that bad before. And this is what's going to happen. I'm shocked it hasn't happened in the chat yet. By the way, you can chat. Throw it in the comment section right there on Facebook Live. We're live across all of our platforms, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Facebook Live, though, is where we've got the chats going right now. Before you even think about saying it, you can't fire Gus. You couldn't fire him if this was a normal year. Not just a 2020 year where everybody's at 20% capacity, universities aren't bringing in the revenue, SEC network probably isn't gonna pay out what it normally has because the ESPN has had to cut back so much. That's just a normal year, okay? A normal year you could not fire Gus Malzahn. You put 2020 into this, you're stuck with him. Get used to it. Unless somebody that wears a yellow cowboy hat can, can wants to pay that buyout. You're stuck with him. By the way, if you're new and we're and, we're, and you're just kind of catching on with the with the SEC and all of that. And look, we'll teach you some things as you're listening to We The Fans here on KCPN. And the coaches and all this, they only make so much money from the university. And a lot of this is donor money. Okay, if you're talking about a buyout, it's going to be the donors that are going to pay it. Those, those important people that gets the really good seats and the suites and uh, the, the ice cold beer where nobody else can, the one that's got the whiskey and all that up on the shelf whenever they get into their, their suite right there in the middle of Bryant-Denny or the middle of Jordan-Hare or, or, you know, any other football stadium. You know, Neyland, I guess Nealon has suites. I, I don't know. I mean, you'd be able to know because it looks like they're on the side of the road every time you walk into that place. But – this the donors that are paying this his buyout is 21.45 million dollars if you tr- and that's just if he makes it to december 1st after december 1st it's 21.45 million dollars do you have that money because I know people that even if they do have that money in 2020 are not going to spend it then you also got to pay the next head coach okay the reason why if you ever go to another university your georgias your your lsu's those types of stadiums and If you do that and you see all this construction and all that, that's all the SEC money. Okay, If there's athletic facilities that are being built, it's a combination of the university putting money in, donors doing it, these football-only facilities and all that. That's all donor stuff. Okay, This is all behind-the-scenes stuff. It's all donors and all that. Now, we're getting some comments. I won't get to those in just a second. But in normal years, this wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, it would still be stupid. Same goes for Texas AM. I think Kirby I think I think Jimbo Fisher's buyout's like fifty three million dollars because he's got a one hundred percent guaranteed contract, which means you've got to pay the entire contract to get him out. Malzahn's is at about seventy five percent of his remaining contract. Auburn, you can thank your former president for that one for being an idiot and deciding that, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out all this money because I don't have an athletic director because this all happened when Jay Jacobs was was out and they were bringing Green in. And I don't have anybody negotiate with me. Sure, let's keep him. Let's not let him go anywhere because I don't want to go through a coaching search when I don't have an athletic director. Oh, Boom. Now you get this. He'll beat Alabama once every four years. He may get you the SEC championship, maybe the college football playoff, which he hasn't done yet. He's got the SEC championship but then you got boat race because you only had one plan and that was to run Carry on Johnson and the moment he was injured you didn't have another one. You can't pay, him, okay you just you can't pay it. all right so getting into some of the comments that we're getting right now, Yorkie says yes, you could because Auburn is loaded. every university is loaded. every university is. Alabama is loaded, but you know what they're also having to do? they're having to cut back the stadium which this was a i mean they've literally lucked out with with the stadium renovations that are going on they were able to add all of the stuff that they you know that they wanted to but all the cosmetic stuff they really haven't been able to do yet they weren't really going to do just yet but they've even had to cut back they put out this big huge presentation that says we are going to Redo Bryant Denny Stadium, and we're gonna add this big, huge jumbotron that's gonna match up to the SEC and it's it everybody else. It's gonna be amazing. And then Alabama fans are going, whoa, 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 we do not want to get in the jumbotron war. We do not care about that. We want a bigger one so that we can actually see crap from around the stadium, but do not give us one of these 100-foot-long jumbotrons. Do not want it. So they redesign it. And then they start actual construction after Alabama's last game. But what else was a part of that little plan that they had? To redo the basketball arena that's now been basically put on hold because they don't have they don't have the donor money. The donor money is the important thing in everything. Any of these renovations, any of that, you get a combination of what the SEC network gives you and what your donors are willing to put in. And a part of the donors are going to get you tickets to the stadium. If you put up so much money, you probably get a suite or you get so you get the good seats and all that when you're only allowing 20% of your fan base in. You can't make those promises, which means there's donors. I know season ticket holders across the SEC that have punted on this season because they weren't going to pay for three games, and that was it. They're like, "Nah, I'm good. I don't get a promise to the SEC championship. I don't get a promise to the college football playoff. I don't get a promise to the national championship." I'm going to hold off this year. I'm going to watch it from home, save myself some money. There's a lot of people doing that, so that's why you can't fire him. That's why you really most likely in college football are not going to see any coaches get fired unless it's just absolutely possible, or if you're a defensive line coach out at Tennessee that decided to suck it up in the first couple of weeks and decided, hey, you know what, boom, you're gone. I've only had you for four weeks, but you're gone. Yeah, that's the problem. That's part of the problem. But those guys, it's a $100,000 contract. You're not talking about $21.45 million, okay? So Auburn fan, you're not going to get rid of them, okay? You're just not. Now, Yorkie also asked, donors would do that if they could get a winning record. Auburn should have a winning record this year. They absolutely should. But they still have Alabama coming up. They still have LSU coming up. And they play Ole Miss this weekend, They could be four and six, three and seven easily, and it could be horrific. The biggest concern that you need to have is that right now, if you look at Auburn's recruiting, two offensive guards, none of them are in the top 10 or top 20 in rankings, and one offensive tackle that's not even like the top 30 in rankings. What is your biggest weakness on this football team? How dumb are you? Like, how dumb are you to not be able to recruit what, the way that you need to and to bring in the pieces? How bad is it that you, as the coach of a Power 5 university that's been to the national championship in the last seven years, that has been to the SEC championship in the last three years, that has beaten Alabama multiple times, you can't walk into a recruit's house that weighs over 300 pounds, over 275 pounds, and look at him and go, you can start day one for us if you come in here and work at it. Look at how bad my offensive line is. Look at how bad we are. You can't recruit like that? That's a problem. It's not going to get fixed in the next few weeks. With the, with the schedule continuing, it gets fixed in December. It gets fixed in February. That's when it gets fixed. Gat, welcome in. She's, she's watching, obviously, monitoring the KCPN signal. I don't really think I can do anything wrong on here. I mean, obviously, we can cuss as much as we want. We can do everything. I mean, I guess if I just started flashing you, that would be the only way I could get in trouble. But, I mean, hey. Corey says, right, Joe, I miss the tailgating and being Jordan Hare on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Dude, it sucks. It really, really does. And I thought that maybe the atmospheres were going to be good. Honestly, the atmosphere last night in the NLCS has been tremendous. I can't wait for the World Series. The fact that even 10, 11, 12,000 fans inside of Globe Life actually sounds really good. But college football games? Mm -mm. Doesn't sound the same. It does not the the stadium factor is a big deal in college football the intimidation factor about going and playing i mean outside of the the students at bryant denny like normally your fans aren't even really sitting there i mean they're just sitting on their hands and they're just not doing anything it's really just kind of like they're watching things you, I mean, so it's really not. College football is the one that's probably been hit the hardest when it comes to the atmosphere. NBA basketball was it was a struggle. NHL wasn't that big of a deal, but as far as as college football goes, college football has been hurt big time by this. NFL has. Two, it's, it's not really the same, but the atmosphere doesn't really play into it until you start getting into January and late December and you're starting to talk about playoffs and stuff. That's when it's really affecting. Hopefully we have that back. But, yeah, you spin it around. Georgia's the best that we had to go up against Alabama. That's the best defense that we have in the SEC to go up against the Crimson Tide. How screwed is the rest of the SEC? And this is with an Alabama defense that can't even talk to each other. They can't. They can't communicate. From me? Back here. They can't conversate together. They can't, they can't communicate. And the only times that Georgia had any success was when they actually went hurry up. Kirby. 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 You have learned a ton from Nick Saban, okay? You have learned a ton from Mark Rick. You've learned so much from a lot of SEC coaches. And I know Saban has taught you a lot. You cannot outgun some football teams with your offense the way they are. What eventually happened... Alabama just started to just make Stetson Bennett panic because the offense that they run is not capable of keeping up with Alabama right now. It's just not. And Stetson Bennett panicked. And once he panicked and you started seeing the interceptions, that's when this game was over. Oh, I'll tell you when it was really over. It was really over when you had one wide receiver who, you know, is really good, possibly one of the best in the country, Waddle. And Jalen Waddle is out there on the edge, and he's standing by a marker, and he's just like ready to go. And Mac Jones snaps the football and he gets it in his hands. And what happens? Georgia defender falls straight on his face. Mac Jones could have done a backflip in the in the pocket and delivered that. And, and Waddle was still been able to score that touchdown. Devontae Smith. With his touchdowns, that's when it was over. When that Georgia defender, and I'm pointing like I'm at like like it's on the board right now, right here, that Georgia defender falling, ball game, that's when it was over. Alabama is tremendous. Najee Harris had had a good day. Waddle had an amazing day. Devontae Smith had an amazing day. Mac Jones had an amazing day. And that was against one of the best defenses in the country. It is. The only thing that is going to beat Alabama is going to be a team that can run a hurry up at times and actually be able to get the football to their receivers. I don't know if it's LSU I don't think it's Mississippi State because that's been a train wreck. Look, we're getting close to Christmas time, okay? I know it's October 19th. We still got a couple weeks left of Halloween. By the way, Halloween movies are amazing, and if you argue with me, you're getting hurt. But – you have all of the, these these Halloween movies are happening, but then once we get to Christmas movies, you know the Polar Express, okay? You know that the Polar Express, when Tom Hanks and everybody's trying to get the kids to the North Pole, okay? And there and the train is going, and you've got the weird dude that's up on the on the top of the train. I really don't know much about him, but he's just weird. He's the hobo, and and, and eventually the kid gets on the front. And you see them start to go down the hill. And when they go down the hill, you see the huge pond full of ice. Okay? And as it starts to go across it, you see Tom Hanks is like on the top of the train. Tom Hanks is a bad MFer. And he's on top of the train, and not even though it's a cartoon. And, he's, and the train is starting to do like this, and slip and slide and slip, and, and the, the caboose is all the way in the front, and the front's all the way in the back, and, and the train's making like a zigzag, and it's all going everywhere. That is a lot of football teams in the SEC right now. That's exactly what's happening. That is what Mississippi State is. Mike Leach would have been an amazing coach in this conference if he didn't go ahead and give his secret away after week one. I'm not the only one saying that. Kirk Herbstreit said that on college game day. Everybody that has played him since the LSU game has went to zone offense, and they cannot win. This amazing quarterback, this amazing quarterback, Castello or Castillo, doesn't even matter if you need to know his name anymore because he's not even the starter, he got benched last week. He got benched because he can't do anything. Ole Miss is one of those. They're going to go 150 miles per hour. We just don't know if their defense can stop anything. Mississippi State is that train on the ice. Yes, Yorkie, I know, except for Alabama. Alabama, it's just... It's like riding in a Tesla That you don't even have to put the hands on the controls anymore. You're just sitting back and you're tweeting. Oh, we got traffic up there. I guess the the vehicle will slow down on its own. Oh, look at that. Hmm. Oh, okay, good. Oh, looks like I'm going to make my day on time. Oh, we're good. That's Alabama. Like, not a care in the world. Not a care at all. They literally said, getting Saban back fired us up. He was never sick to begin with. It's called a false positive. By the way, how many how many teams, how many teams do we find out have to cancel a game on a Friday or a Saturday because of a, of a positive test? We don't hear about the test the next few days after it. Like, how many of these players have actually gotten COVID and how many of these are false positives? Like, that's a very important number. I'm not arguing the legitimacy of the... Tests, I'm not arguing the legitimacy of the virus. I'm not arguing any of these. I'm just saying that the false positives are big, and, and Coach Sabin getting them is just proof that this can't happen. Okay? We've heard it. We heard it about Florida. Florida, half their team. I mean, it's Gainesville. They're probably going to party. Okay? Like, Gainesville parties a lot. It's like the biggest party school in the SEC. But they party Their coach gets it. He gets it. And now, have we heard anything about false positives? Have anybody said anything about that? Like, what are we looking at? Because we didn't have LSU in Florida and we didn't have Mizzou in Vandy. I don't know what's going on in Nashville, but between the Titans players having like 30 people that that got it between players and staff and Vanderbilt getting it, like, what's going on in the city of Nashville? Because... You don't have any of this stuff happening in Tuscaloosa or or Auburn or Georgia or any of these other ones, LSU. LSU actually apparently they (laughs) said, and it's really bad that we don't know anything about the false positives after the game's already been canceled. All right, Corey says, why Georgia slowed down makes him shake his head. I absolutely agree. Maybe it's because the offense wasn't built that way. Maybe the offensive line was getting tired. Maybe it was something like that, that that's the reason why they had to slow down. Them slowing down was the worst possible decision that they could have made because that is the only thing that's going to beat Bama. And the more and more time you get for these these linebackers and secondary players to start communicating well, that's going to be when this is going to be over with and Alabama's not going to be able to lose until you potentially get to say, I don't want to say Ohio State. I don't. But Clemson, something like that, when you're in the, when you're in the college football playoff, that's that part. You also have, Corey, uh, Stephen also says that 90% of the tests are false positives. That's a problem. Okay. Like we really, really need to know. All right, maybe maybe I, I maybe I have the antibodies in my system. Sidebar, and I know this is an SEC podcast, and I know this is, is Southeastern Conference related, but and I know they're not in it. BYU, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know? And this may be actually be good news for anybody that's that's paying attention right now. There are clinics that are paying $100 to $200 for plasma from your blood so that they can try to find a vaccine for the coronavirus. And BYU students are trying to get COVID so they can donate their blood and get paid $100 to $200. It's not such a bad idea, okay? I mean, it's really not. It's 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 dumb. But for a hundred to two hundred dollars, I may consider this. I don't want COVID. I don't want to get sick. But for a hundred to two hundred dollars? What can you can't you get blood like every week? Isn't that the way it is? Isn't it like every week you can get blood? For a hundred to two hundred dollars? Go ahead. I've got great veins. I mean, great veins. Like you can't. I don't know if you can see it right there. Look at that vein. You can see the vein on the. Look at that. That's a good vein. Pop it. Let's go. Chris hopped in. He said, "So 2020, when a city has to celebrate a championship in two sports, which one are you talking about?" So Chris, okay. So I'm glad Chris is on. Okay, Chris, explain the, the 2021 when a city has celebrates two championships. But Chris actually had COVID. Okay, and I and I know Chris. Chris and I have talked. He know he had COVID. Like, didn't your wife have COVID as well, Chris? It is a monster. Okay, I know of a few people that have had it. In fact, I don't want to say this because this is sports but obviously we do some cross promotion, okay? Pastor Mick McCracken and River Region Wrestling. Pastor Mick has it. He's got the covid. I mean, that's it, okay? He's got it right now. Him and I talked. It's the reason why he's not going to be on River Region wrestling for a few weeks. He's just, he's not, he's got COVID. So trust me, there's some people that have had it. Yeah, Chris says that he, they both had it and she even got a fever to like 104 or 105 for four straight days. So it's a, it's a messed up virus. So for BYU to be doing what they're doing, you're stupid. You're an idiot for doing that. All right, so Chris was talking about it's so 2020 when a city has to celebrate a championship in two sports. He's talking about the fact that Tampa and L.A. are in the World Series. L.A.'s already had the L.A. Lakers win the NBA finals and they have the Dodgers. And Tampa's already had the Lightning win the Stanley Cup finals. And obviously they have the Tampa Bay Rays. Yorkie said that he is going to be cheering for the the Rays in the World Series because of the Biscuits connections. That's personally, that's me, man. That's why I'm going to be cheering for the Rays. You know, but you know, between all the players that I know on that team that have went through Montgomery and had stints in Montgomery, whether it's been rehab assignments or, or whatever, and the SEC players that that are on Tampa, give me the Rays, man. I've got a friend that that actually does the play by play for the Tampa Bay Rays. His name is Enrique. Um, I really, seriously hope that the folks uh, are are sitting and that are watching this have some sort of pull at Fox Sports and you guys need to interview Enrique because he is amazing. My friend Kyle Berger did a story on him and he is blind, but he is the Spanish announcer for the Tampa Bay Rays. And so, you know, that is the reason why it is amazing that he can be blind and he is a color analyst for Tampa Bay, and it is absolutely tremendous. Will, our man Will, is uh, was screaming Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sorry, Will. I just I couldn't remember who had won the Stanley Cup. I just remembered who actually lost the Stanley Cup in Dallas. That's the only one I could remember. I'm really sorry about that. And Chris says that he's a Capitals and a Red Sox fan. Who should he pull for? With it, with with the Rays having the Double A team in Alabama, like I'm like right now, I'm in Huntsville, and I'm pretty sure that even though they have yet to play one game with the Trash Pandas, he is. Uh, if the A's had made the World Series, I feel like the city of Huntsville would have been you know kind of going for the A's. Um, You know, obviously in in Kansas City, where we're being broadcast right now, you have got their AAA affiliates Omaha. So if they're in Nebraska, then obviously they would be pulling for the Royals, which Nebraska fans are probably Royals fans anyway. Chris, I'm a Blackhawks fan. I mean, being closer and being around, you know, Nashville and the Preds, like I kind of like them a little bit. But I'm a I'm a Blackhawks fan. I didn't care who won. I kind of wanted Dallas to lose just because I'm a Blackhawks fan, which got my wish. So, you know, as a Red Sox fan, this season was so weird. Again, I want Tampa to win. It would be sad for the for the L.A. Dodgers fans that are just L.A. Dodgers fans because the Dodgers haven't won since 86. But at the same time, like the Rays are a, a different ball club. And they have thought differently. They've recruited. I say recruited. They've scouted differently. They're players. They, they started this opener and everybody made fun of them. And they won 90 games with it last year. They're in the World Series with it this year. I believe that Kevin Cash is probably the most brilliant manager in major league baseball and if you are a small market team like the royals like the pittsburgh pirates you know those types of teams the texas rangers those types of teams you need to get somebody that has the mind of kevin cash because he just thinks differently he is Put five outfielders in before and taking an infielder away because he knew a player is more likely to hit fly balls. Like he just tries different things and they work. And so, you know, for me, it's obviously I want Tampa uh, just because of, of my ties with the Montgomery Biscuits. My boy, Mike Brasso, him and I were texting last night. Like, I'm, I'm extremely excited for him. And, and so I want that. Plus, you've got the SEC connections like we were talking about at the very beginning with Hunter Renfro being from Mississippi State with. Um, Fairbanks uh being from Missouri you obviously have Mike Zanino who played for the Florida Gators you know there's there's some of those that were that were really you know great SEC players Mike Zanino was a beast for the Florida Gators he was great for the Seattle Mariners and to see him now doing what he's doing for Tampa it's a different organization man it's just a fun place to be Kevin Kiermaier is is a a Montgomery biscuit so that's the reason why I go for him so I'm all race I mean in fact I'll probably be rec, uh, repping all my biscuits gear for the rest of the week just because I'm so excited about, about them being in it. He asked so, what do you, so, with me being in Huntsville, what are my thoughts on UNA and Jack State this past Saturday? You know, we had it on the air for the radio station that I worked for in Huntsville. But uh, it was it's kind of weird with the way the FCS is working and across the country, you know, this as well with the way the FCS is going. And you're only having like one game in the fall because it's like a rival or something like that. And majority of your games are going to be played in spring. I'm not really a fan of it. I really wish that the FCS would just stick all their games in the in the spring. But when you're somebody like North Dakota State and your quarterbacks like one of the you know top three or four quarterbacks in college football, according to like Mel Kiper and those people that are getting you ready for the NFL, you know that you weren't going to have him in the spring because if your option is to be there in the spring or go to the NFL, you're going to go to the NFL. I really honestly believe that's why a lot of these power five schools made the decision to not go or not move their season to the spring as well, which ended up being a good good thing because the way that COVID's going on and the fact that we can have fans and as long as you wear a mask, socially distance, and that sort of stuff, you can go to football games. But think about how different Alabama would look right now if they were to be playing for a program and their their program would be going on right now that You're talking about a bunch of players that wouldn't be playing for Alabama in the spring that are playing for them in the fall because of the fact that they had this opportunity and they could have totally been gone based on the fact of what they're going to be drafted and where they're going to be drafted. And I think that is going to be a major part, honestly. And and this is a total guess. This is nothing that I have been told. I feel like this is right, and I feel like this is probably something that has pushed the decision uh, for a lot of these schools. And the reason why they they decided to go with playing in the fall than playing in the spring is because they were told, guys, we're not moving the NFL draft. We're not going to move the combine. We're not going to move all of this. So... So be it. And so I think that the SEC got together and they went, you know, especially if you're Alabama, Jalen Waddle's going, he's going to be probably the number one wide receiver taken in the draft. Either him or Seth Williams, Devonte Smith is, is a senior. He's going to be gone. Najee Harris is going to be gone. Mac Jones is going to be gone. Alex Leatherwood is going to be gone. Landon Dickerson is going to be gone. Like, you know, Miller, Miller he's going to be gone. That's just all on the offense, of the players that are going to be gone from this Alabama team, Daniel Wright may be gone, except for the stupid play that he made against Texas A and M. He's playing fantastic. Dylan Moses is going to be gone. Like you think about this, and this is all after recruiting. It's a lot different when you're talking about recruiting players to replace these guys and not being able to. So, true question. If these players were going to play, and if, if the if the FBS would have moved this to the spring, do the freshmen that are coming in early to early enroll, are they eligible to play? Could they get two seasons in one? Would they have been able to play in the spring and then turn around and been able to play in the fall? That still could happen at FCS schools. I'm kind of curious about that now that I think about it. Can you get two seasons out of this? Since your eligibility is not going to go away and it's not going to not count against you, could you play in the spring season? If you're an, if you're a, a walk-on, or not a walk-on, but an early enrollee, and then turn back around and play once again in the fall, and you get two seasons for your freshman year, why couldn't you? But if you're Alabama, if you're if you're Georgia, I mean, if you're Texas A&M, you know, and some of these other schools, you need that spring so that you can get these freshmen up to speed. It's not really going to work like that. So Alabama's offense, Alabama's team would have looked a lot different if they had not been able to play in the fall and they were been playing in the spring, because, again, what players would have opted out so they get ready for the NFL draft? Matt Jones maybe won't, wouldn't have done it. Najee Harris probably would. Jalen Waddell, could you have blamed him? I mean, he's top five draft pick, top 10 draft pick. He's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Could you have blamed him? I can't. I mean, there's players across the SEC. They probably would have opted out. Missouri has one of the best linebackers in the country. You think he would have opted out instead of playing in in, in the spring? Probably would, especially if somewhere behind the scenes, the NFL told them, hey, guys, we're not changing anything. We're getting through this season. The moment we get through this season, everything is back to normal for us, and we're going to go with it like it is. NFL Combine is going to be normal. We're going to try to have a normal NFL draft somewhere. I think it'll probably be Vegas again, maybe. They'll try to put it in Vegas since they really couldn't do it like that this year. Yeah, it's, it's big time. And this is the crap that takes place. And that's the reason why these things are doing. It's not about the money, please. Some of the some of this is is donor money and making sure that they want to get them. SEC didn't want to play in the spring because it would have cost them viewership, because you're paying attention to, to so many other things. They didn't want to play in the spring, so now here they are. They're playing in the fall. They have everything going. You have a a very interesting season. And honestly, I don't care what anybody says. I would much rather have a 10 game schedule of just SEC teams than a 12 game schedule of crap. And you have four crappy opponents or three crappy opponents in a neutral side game or a home and home with somebody. Give me more. What do you give me more of that? I'll take a 10 game regular season. If you give me 10 SEC football games, because this has been great. I'd much rather see Alabama play Vanderbilt than I would watching Alabama play James Morris. You James Morris is good, but you know what I'm saying? I'd much rather see Alabama play them than play UNA. I'd much rather see Texas A&M play than play Nichols state. Screw that. Chris asked what, uh, he goes, he missed the beginning. What do you think about Seth Williams and Bo Nicks? No, they're not in trouble. They're not. They're angry. Seth is pissed because he's not getting the balls thrown to him as much as he he thought he would. Bo is pissed because he's having to scramble and run around like crazy. They're they're, they're not going to be in trouble. They're probably going to get a talking to, and they probably have gotten a talking to behind the scenes. But you're not going to – neither one of them are in trouble for yelling at each other on the sidelines. That happens plenty of times. Ask anybody that's played football, man you get a ton of people yelling at each other. It's emotional, they love each other, they're probably hugged afterwards, they probably have already apologized and went out and had some wings together. They're fine, it's fine, it's all that. But like this weekend, this weekend you've got some good football games and I'm excited about that. The thing is now, you do have the World Series. If you are listening in Montgomery, you obviously have the World Series, you know about that. And you're going to be paying attention because the Rays are playing in it. And, oh, Chris, thank you for bringing them up. Arkansas. Sam Pittman. Dude has turned Arkansas into some players. I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they're going to win a ton of games. But they've already won two SEC games, and nobody thought they were even going to do that this season. And Sam Pittman has got these players playing. You want to talk about a coach. That is that X factor. Of a guy that can come into an organization, flip it around, and get the players believing. Arkansas may not be great, but boy, they're tough. And they're going to be tough for everybody. And you only have four SEC games this weekend, and Arkansas is not one of them. Auburn plays Ole Miss. That's going to be an early kickoff at 11. You get... Alabama and Tennessee at 2.30 on CBS. You get Mizzou and Kentucky, which Kentucky's schedule is totally screwed up, okay? It is. They've had had to flip-flop. They were supposed to be playing Florida. They were supposed to be playing Mizzou. The games are getting mixed up because of COVID and having to reschedule everything. That's bad. And you also get South Carolina and LSU. So really? You've got SEC games taking place there. And, and honestly, Missouri and Kentucky could be really, really fun. It really could. Because Larry Roundtree is a really good running back. He may not be an NFL caliber three down back, but he is good. And if you have not watched Mizzou play yet, they are really, really good. And now LSU and South Carolina get to play. Miles Brennan is starting to become a really good quarterback for LSU. It's not the offense that is the problem for the tigers they may be one and two it is totally on this defense and if they can actually make stops lsu is going to be dangerous very 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 dangerous when it comes to playing alabama obviously with auburn in the rest of the season yorkie shoots one in again saying that riverwalk should have a viewing party man i look trust me I, i agree I believe the Biscuits should be throwing a huge party for all the former Biscuits players that are going to be, that are going to be playing uh, on Tuesday and they should have a viewing party for game one. I'm 100% on there. Chris, you're right. Arkansas is three and one in the, and they have played very well so far. They've played Georgia. Well, they should have beat Auburn. They honestly could be undefeated. They really, really could. And so that is why they are, they're a very, very, very good football game and football team, I should say. And, Yes, I personally did not think Arkansas was going to do anything this football season. But again, having a coach like Sam Pittman can totally change everything. They're actually two and one, not three and one. I I was thinking they've also they did lose to Auburn. They did lose to Georgia. They should have been three and one. All right. All right. That's gonna wrap it up. We are going to have River Region Wrestling tomorrow night. Actually. Tomorrow, during the day, because of so many listeners that we have that are Tampa Bay Rays fans, we're going to make sure that they can sit down and watch the Tampa Bay Rays take on the L.A. Dodgers in Game 1 of the World Series. So, noon, tomorrow, special broadcast. Right here, you are going to be able to watch River Region wrestling. We have got... A United States Championship match. She did so well at the pay-per-view that our girl, the Big D, the queen of River Region Wrestling, gets a title opportunity against Sam Hayne that is our main event we've got the right to wrestle tournament going on as well you'll see all of that starting at noon tomorrow right here on kcpn make sure that you follow us everywhere on social media and you will never miss a broadcast of kcpn we will see you tomorrow night nissan believes you deserve a car that thrills you so we have to ask does your car thrill you When you hit the pedal, do you get something back? A chill in your spine? Goosebumps on your goosebumps? When you take off, do your fingers tighten around the steering wheel? Does your heart beat in your stomach and your breath catch in your chest? Does driving make you feel alive? Because it should. And if your car doesn't thrill you, ours will. This is the new Nissan. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho. Más vale tarde que nunca. Alto. El tren no para. Mensaje de Nietzsche.